This podcast is not intended to provide any investment advice. The opinions expressed here by either the hosts or guests do not necessarily reflect the views of PSA, Collectors Holdings, or any of their affiliates. Any discussion of collectible values in the past or present is not a guarantee of future performance. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the PSA Pod. Ryan Green and Jack Archer. We've got a very special guest here today. We're going to get right into it. We are excited to welcome Darren Ravel to the studio, sports business reporter for the Action Network. But just saying that kind of feels like it's selling it a bit short for years, the leading voice of all things sports business related. But Darren is also a collector, and especially in the growing market of ticket collecting, and especially PSA graded tickets as we're looking at a incredible spread in front of us right now on the table. Darren, first off, thanks for taking the time today. We're excited to have you. It's awesome to physically be here in Santa Ana. Yeah, Darren, Darren rolled up to this meeting with a shoebox that was essentially a museum. And it's it's incredibly impressive to see all this in person. Yeah, this right carry now. on definitely made me nervous. <laughs> it would it, it makes me nervous just seeing it here on the table. I mean, we'll we'll get into some of these. Here's, I do, I do see myself as kind of like a a Johnny Appleseed or a, like, you know, I'm shepherding this ticket market and convincing mm-hmm. people why it's so great. So it does um, behoove me to kind of like actually bring it and like pictures don't really do justice. Yeah. I mean, well, let's, let's talk about how you got here. Your, your background as a collector, obviously now you're really big into tickets. What got you to that point and then really got you into this segment of memorabilia collecting? I've always kind of been like an arbitrage type of guy, right? Like, what are people not seeing? Mm-hmm. I've always been a natural scarcity over false scarcity guy. I was a card collector until 1992, the natural end of, you know, being upset after 89, realizing for the first time that we were uh, <laughs> the limited edition of the of 1989 Upper Deck was – a uh, interesting definition. <laughs> so I stopped. I my high school years were no cards, and then I was completely out of cards and never really got back in until COVID. I just tried to do like a PSA one set of great cards, but and that was it. But I've always been a collector. I've always believed in uh, putting money in asset classes when your bank gives you nothing and the stock market. And I was at CNBC for six years is unclear what the Mm. rules are and how they're played. So I needed, I wanted to put my money into something. And uh, when I found out that PSA graded tickets, to me, that was something where you could look up the populations and there were these intricacies that were amazing. One, you could play kind of the arbitrage game by uh, if unlike a card, like you could write on a label, if it was accurate, you could change the label. You know, and the label would be something that may be a little bit more meaningful, like the Wepner Ali fight. You could write inspiration for Rocky. Mm-hmm. There's additional value that you're creating through that. And then just to see as you go into the market, the affirmation of how rare some of these things are and and the unique situations like the Randy Johnson blows up a bird game. There, there's <laughs> There's literally 3,000 to start. And who's keeping that? And just tickets in general had no place to go. What was it going to be on the bulletin board or on the fridge? Even the kids who had foreseen the future of this being collectible, asking for your tickets for $5 
at the end of a game. They mm -hmm. didn't even make it here. So, you know, realizing that I, I am making a list of 100 and then I'm going to cross it off and then like it takes me three years to get a Doug Flutie Hail Mary. It just keep, it was keep, the, the affirmation that I wanted kept uh, coming up like, yes, yes, every time. And I just got deeper and deeper and deeper. And, and I'm, I love the market and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, that PSA has gotten into this because it certainly made the market more valuable and the first time collectible. They look so presentable in our cases too. Just real yep. pieces of history. Yep. All right, Darren, let's get choosy. Okay. You have some incredible cars, incredible tickets in front of you. I know your collection spans far and wide. You can only choose three grail tickets to keep. Which three tickets are they going to be? One of them is one that I'm selling and, <laughs> and I'm confident I'll get one back again, but Marilyn singing happy birthday to JFK okay. I'm selling in Sotheby's at the end of the month. Um, <laughs> I just needed to create room for more and, and that will sell at a price that will give me more, but I will eventually get another one. So that's one. Two, I love the Ferris Bueller day off ticket just because of the intricacies of how you figure out that that was his day off. So Claudel Washington hit a foul ball that Ferris caught. So you know that. And then you're like, okay, the Braves only played at Wrigley six games that year. And how do you figure out when Claudel Washington fouled the ball off? Well, Lee Smith is the pitcher and Lee Smith's the closer. So now you have to figure out how many games Braves, Cubs, Lee Smith, you know, pitched in. And then you get to the 11th inning of a 5-3, 4-3 game uh, on June 5th, 1985. And that becomes Ferris, his actual day off. And that's just cool as hell. Um, and then, and then there's the the game that they filmed it at, which was the which was against the Montreal Expos in September. But I I want the day off. I don't mm -hmm. want the filming. So that's a cool one that I love because it's just so weird and crazy. I I, I think the weird and the different gets the same reaction as the unbelievable. So Ed Sullivan last last uh, performance on Ed Sullivan by the Beatles gets as much wow as the Randy Johnson bird ticket. Yeah. Right? Like, oh my God. And that's what's so crazy. Like in cards, you're usually not going to get the wow with the 52 mantle with a LeBron RPA. It just doesn't happen. And here it's almost like the the cool or the wacky. So I got a I got my submission back today and it has one of the coolest ones, which is, and I'm a movie guy, so it's it's the actual game that Biff knew in the Almanac from Back to the Future, and, you know. And 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 what's great about it is like the person who put it on an eBay that I bought it for two hundred bucks for, you know, must have been really weirded out because he was selling all these UCLA Bruins tickets and they were going for nine ninety nine, and this went for one for two hundred. You know, he must have said to <laughs> said to himself, "Well, what's this? What am I missing?" So there, there's also. As a guy who loves kind of like arbitrage, what you see, what you don't, what people know, what they don't, um, tickets are also great too. And, you know, you you think you watch something and then you go find the ticket. It's given me great joy. It's it's treasure hunting, Yeah, frankly. Mm -hmm. It's modern treasure hunting. If someone has a LeBron RPA, they know what they have. They might not know what they have with this and it just makes it so You can also cool. find it all day long. If yeah. I'm looking for a card, for the most part, I can find it. And, and with a ticket, the hunt is the hunt and it's crazy and you have to try it. And then with the ticket, sometimes they're now card people are coming along to tickets. They've found kind of some of their comfort in debuts. I believe in moments, but I, I don't 
think anyone, whatever they want to do, that's fine. But, you know, card people are getting there. It's, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, what they look at, what they don't. Obviously, the grading is is very, very unique. Sometimes you look at a ticket and you're like, ah, that's a 10 and it's a one. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of things that that go along with it. But it's, you know, as far as looking up tickets and scarcity and reasons why things are scarce and not, there's just fascinating stories about, you know, the Bartman ticket. It's an NLCS ticket from 2003. It's not, you wouldn't think it would be rare, but then you realize there were 99% Cubs fans in Wrigley Field, and are they keeping that curse of a ticket in their house? Are are fans, Cavs fans in the Richfield Coliseum keeping the Jordan over Elo? No. I mean, so there's a whole bunch of things that just, just really work out, and the hunt is as amazing as when you get it. It's all incredibly cool especially seeing it laid out in front of us right here. <laughs> all right so aesthetically i think aesthetically these are beautiful too especially like the, the vintage baseball stuff is mm-hmm. is incredible and also you, you you also get the you know the occasional ad on the back so the 19 yeah. the 1980 first of all you look at the ticket price so george brett's uh pine tar game from 1983 and people are like why does it say 675 dollars for season field level box i go that's for the season it's not for the game now. That's three thousand for the game. It, it, that season six hundred seventy five, and then you turn it over, and it has the Michelob ad, which is so nineteen eighty three. It hurts, right? Like the the Doug Flutie ticket has, of course, defunct Eastern Airlines, you know. And so there's so much to to, to making the tickets art that it's just beautiful. Yeah, I love that. Common books have a similar thing with yes, the ads on absolutely, the back too. Absolutely. So my favorite personal ticket that's like attainable for me is the 1996 Allen Iverson debut. It's got this oh, really dramatic die cut. It's incredible. Right. So that 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 one, and not only is it that it's it's really the only modern debut with two Hall of Famers having their debut, yeah. Ray Allen and Allen Iverson. And the reason why that ticket is so incredible, and I have four of them, and I usually do not have, you know, and it is attainable. You could get a good one for fifteen hundred bucks. Like what card could you get? you know, for 1500 bucks that you're like, wow, this is history. They were opening up the core state center and this was just happened to be the first game. So they did it for the flyers and the Sixers. And you see a young Allen Iverson and his, and it's just, it's an amazing ticket in this monstrous slab. And it's, it is one of my favorite tickets too. I mean, that's why I have four of them. Aesthetically, do you have a favorite ticket? Just purely visually, not, not taking into account the, the value, the moment, the player, anything like that, just purely visually. I mean, there's oh, there's so many. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at right now game one of the 1955 World Series where Jackie steals home. Like, look at the colors. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, the Cubs and the Yankees, especially the Cubs in the 30s and 40s, the Babe Ruth called shot ticket, the, the 1945 uh, game four of the 1945 World Series, which is the when the goat showed up at Wrigley, which is people laugh like, you know, like you got the ticket for the actual curse that happened, which was active until 2016. I mean, I just love everything. You know, my or flying gold ticket has writing on the back, you know, and it's like, that's also beautiful. Like you saw writing on the back of a card, you'd be like, no, not at all. But like someone wrote, you know, because all it says is game seven and they wrote May 10th, 1970 or goal, sudden death. Um, 
And then you can get as, as a storyteller, as someone who is obsessed with stories, yeah. it allows me to, you know, take people into a, a labyrinth of, hey, you know, you know, the or flying goal story, that picture, the photographer who took that, uh, Ray Lucier, uh, was a backup photographer, and he only got the shot because the main photographer got up to to go to the concession stand and or scored it so fast that he wasn't back. Like, you know, it allows you to tell these stories. And it, it's crazy when I do see something on eBay and I realize what it is, like the first Monday night football game, and it's a television pass. You know, yeah. Howard Cosell could have worn that. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm in love with all this stuff. And uh, it, the only issue is stopping. You know, how do you, how, how, do you, how do you keep going and what do you, you know, what do you do? And um, you like cards, you build all these sets. We all deal with it on the card yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. You, build, you build all these sets. So last appearance by, so I have Pat Tillman's last game. I have Len Bias's last game. I have Chris Farley's last Saturday Night Live wow. appearance, you know. So, so you build all those sets and you don't stop. You know, some of the best stories in with vintage baseball cards is when these cards that have been packed away for years get unearthed, you know, someone passed it down and you get these great treasure trove stories. Do you feel like we're going to start seeing a lot of that with with tickets? I mean, people saved these for years and like you gave the example of the or goal, you know, people for years would write on the back of it and maybe throw it in a shoebox, throw it in a drawer. Do you think as people get more knowledge of what's what tickets can be worth from iconic and past events? We're going to start hearing more of these stories well, of sure. people unearthing them. Yeah, because because people. But I mean, what's funny is that the few people, and I say the few because it's still a small part of, of the collecting world and a small part of PSA's business. But I think it will be growing. Is that we hear when someone finds something, mm -hmm. and sometimes it's as easy. As, <laughs> I did a story on uh, just an incredible story on the 25th anniversary of Jordan's flu game, and when I'm doing that. You know, we find this great story of this guy who uh, Nike executives took him. He had just lost his father uh, and Nike executives took him. And then I'm doing the story and I'm like, you still got the ticket? And he says, yes. Wow. You know, and I'm like, all right, you know. And so so there are these discoveries, but I feel like people are willing to write a whole lot more about the attic discovery of the T206s, you know, versus these discoveries which happen and the ticket world goes nuts, you know, but it's so small. But as it gets bigger, I mean, I think there is no doubt about it that these are collectible. The fact that PSA grades them and that they give pop reports. I spend a long time with pop reports. Sometimes I'm confused by how many there are, mm -hmm. right? Don Larson, perfect game. I don't have one because everyone's grandfather said save it, right? So it's like 160, right? Woodstock, I got just to get, but you know there was just a pile of those tickets yeah. all you know all, all, all over the place. I, I got it because I was so annoyed by people saying, "Do you have a Woodstock?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's the most graded ticket of all time. <laughs> it's like three thousand of them." I especially love tickets for for categories that don't have a sports counterpart. I see you have a, a NASA ticket on there. Is there any other categories like? movies you mentioned yeah movie movie movies right now are moving up now it's interesting you know I, I there's a lot of japanese debuts japanese would write premiere on it and they'd have pictures and they'd be beautiful i like the 1985 mini stubs because that goes back to people just like people resonate with 
oh, that, that was the card when I was seven and I mm-hmm. put in the spokes of the bicycle or whatever. I, I resonate with what, how crappy the movie tickets were. And it just, it's, it, you know, so I had to find a, a Ferris Bueller. I, impossible. I found one, right? But then it's, now this is what, the card people are uh, very uncomfortable with this land of no comps. Yeah. That's the biggest jump to the ticket world, right? Like, so I find the Doug Flutie. Okay. I've been looking for it for two and a half years. The guy says, what do you pay? It hasn't surfaced for two and a half years. There's no comp. The only thing that I can do is I can offer a number that I can, I have to basically guess his bank account. And if he says no and walks away, I don't get it. And card people are so used to, well, last sold yesterday. Yeah. Define this. market. And, and, and so, and so, so I, that that's what excites me. That's what excites me. Uh, but I, but I understand where card people. That's a significant jump for them. One of the other things we always hear from card people when it comes to tickets is they they don't quite make that connection of why would I want a ticket of an event I wasn't at. Right, you were I, at it though. Exactly. Right. So 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 I have five 1994 Game Five NBA Finals. The OJ Chase. Yeah. Was I at that game? No, but I was at that game. I mean, remember that? I night I, in I, I know where I can close my eyes. I could tell you what my mom was serving for dinner. Okay. <laughs> so so that that's the thing. It's not my ticket. It, it, but like, it's good enough for Ali Wepner that. Stallone was in the crowd, and from that he built Rocky. Yeah, like I don't need to be there, mm-hmm. and that is definitely one of the first responses. Is it your ticket? Did you see it? Yeah, it's like, but then it's also like, okay, so the Michael Jackson first moonwalk ticket comes up. It's a one of one, and you think to yourself, okay, let me see that video. You go to the video, and you're like, oh my god, it's people. Think about how many dance moves have been done. It's people going, what? How did he do that? How did he, did he did he just walk on air? Like and 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 that ticket was in. Now card people also have a it's got to be a full. Can't be a stub. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, a stub was in there. Exactly. A stub saw it. So like again, card people are over over index on debuts. I like moments. So there's a lot of things. I just want more card people to look into this. I know they'll love the scarcity of it um, and and just the aesthetics, what these things look like, the color. I go to National every year, and I probably sell four tickets, and I don't care. I see myself as a steward, but I can tell you something, that the time stopped at my booth is over-index, over-indexes with others. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't have a hundred Luka Doncic based prisms or whatever. Like it stops you by how crazy, you know. When you see the first ticket for the first day at Disneyland, you have to stop. That is unbelievably cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you completely, Darren. I never understand why card collectors have some type of issue for not being there. It's like you collect Joe DiMaggio cards. You weren't right. even alive right. when he was playing right. baseball. Yeah. Right. Like, what's, what's the issue? <laughs> right. Do you have a favorite from an event that you attended that like maybe adds, it adds not only just value, but it has sentimental value. I I have my press pass from the Beijing games and I have Kobe's participant pass from the, and I was on the plane home with Kobe and I was very close with Kobe. That is the one thing I will, I will bury with me or give to my children. Just non-negotiable, not sellable. Um, 
So that that's 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 one that and then you know I I have been able to holster my press passes not to sell but just uh-huh. just cool a 23 year old me at at Brady's for a Super Bowl you know it's the time capsule it's great time capsules a perfect way yeah. to put it one thing I saw recently Buster Shear who runs like a, a big Instagram Buster. account great great dude he was at the Knicks game when Steph broke the three point yeah. record we have LeBron coming up on the all time points record. Are there any categories that you think people will look to as a as a collecting vehicle outside of sports and it like just think stinks. of it like a souvenir? Or do you think uh I don't know, it just stinks to me like how you know modern day tickets are not gonna happen. And if they yeah. hap- if they happen, will they be printed after the game? I mean, that was you gotta jump through hoops to get that, it. Too. Yeah, yeah. I lost my phone is not powered down, you know, like First of all, they're ugly. They're straight up. There's no. There's no design on it. You know, Ticketmaster. Yeah, it's just yeah. gar- it's just garbage. And you know, and then the question is, can teams print out tickets beforehand? And if they're not to be used to enter, does PSA deem them not co- not really collectible because you couldn't enter with them. I'm I'm upset that you know there's not twenty year olds and. Uh, under that will get into this because it will be all digital tickets mm-hmm. and it's bad to to uh take out an age class I, I i wish the physical tickets were there but i think that you know broadway shows i think movie tickets for sure psa has graded opening weekends mm-hmm. recently which have value it has the same no- uh, type of nostalgia if not more than cards and so and i love that it's real scarcity. False scarcity is kind of like, okay, well, it's a prism and it's 105. Panini decided that. Yeah. Right? Like they decided that. This is decided by the population of things that weren't thrown out, which is which is by the way, PSA is doing that with the older cards. But like there's so much focus on the number. It's a one of one. I was it was it was created out of if something's a one of one like the Michael Jackson, it's that the moonwalk became so much fam- more famous and everyone who had that ticket threw it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, you know, I'm looking at this spread on the table and, you know, I see a lot of different grades. Do you have like a scale personally between, do you ever just authenticate an item? Yep. Do you have, you know, if it's going to grade below this, what's ca- so everybody card has people, scale, card yeah. people want to see the grades. And that, yeah. that also shocked me because I had a thousand tickets, card people get in front of it and they're like, well, what do you, what do you what what grade is that? And then what grade does that you know? And I had a piece, I had a great piece of luck in that I had the highest graded Tiger Woods first round to a PGA tournament, mm-hmm. and I was able to sell that, you know, based on the card grading. And then otherwise, I'm like I'm fine with authentic, right? Like yeah. there are three or four of the Rocky that Rocky Inspiration bites. The grade doesn't really matter. There are four of us who have it. And no two will ever be up at the same time. Yeah. So with the with the rare things, the ore is, you know, a one MK. Like the Beatles one doesn't for Ed Sullivan, you know, has tape marks on it. For the rare, rare stuff, I don't care. But I know some card people do. Yeah. And you know, I think that with ticketing, there's gotta be, you know, there's some where I thought it was gonna be a seven and it was a two. And I don't think in cards it's the same, but because it's obviously a lot more refined. So I don't, you know, I, I I think tickets are going to evolve with the grading, with what people want, but I think it's all good. And I think it's all going to be, 
going up. It just makes so much sense. So last show we discussed our collecting goals for 2023. What are your collecting goals on the ticket side? And are there any must-have tickets you're trying to make a priority in the near future? Well, I've said this before. I, I have not revealed my top 100 list, but I have about 93 of them. And I've said this before, so I'm not scared to say it. There are two tickets that I've, there's three tickets that I've been going after. The Titanic leaving the, the wow. There, there is not one graded of uh, the Titanic, like a, a ticket to the actual going on the Titanic, but leaving the shipyard, there is one. I've been trying to get that because that's the ultimate, like, forget about it. That's incredible. I've tried to get the, I, I do have, and I'm willing to t tell this for the first time, I just submitted to PSA a membership booklet from the 1961 Cavern Club in Liverpool. That will be Beatles concert number one. Wow. So I, I, ha I, ha I have that, but I am looking for Beatles Ed Sullivan, the first one. And I've offered more than hundred grand and the guy has turned me down. Uh, and then the other one, I again, it's so funny. These are pop culture. The other one I looked at was the, the last performance of Buddy Holly, the Big Bopper, and Richie, Richie Valens, the literal day the music died. Wow. And there's one guy that has two of them uh, that is holding on to dear life. So, But it's, 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 it's great to try to – I mean, I want to get pieces that make people go, oh, wow. Happened to me when I looked in your box <laughs> earlier and I saw the Enchantment Under the Sea yeah. ticket from Back, Back to, to the, the Future. Future. It's like – don't see that ever. There's Didn't no, even know that existed. Hey, Chuck, there's, listen to this. <laughs> uh, there's no explanation needed. Like with cards, sometimes if you're speaking to a non-card person, you, it, hey, it's a it's a case hit. These fall like these are only available. It's serial numbered. There's a lot of explanation right, there's needed. Thir there's 13 yeah. different colorways. Yeah, this there, is much more. It's direct. one of one, but it's one of one of a you know of a set of five yeah. one of ones. I'm looking at Shaq's ID card from LSU. Very I know simple. exactly what that yeah, is. Very simple. Or that, that Titanic leaving. Like, Unbelievable. <laughs> well, Darren, we can't thank you enough, not only for joining us today, but for really being a champion for this of corner of the hobby because it really is growing and, and the history attached to it, I think, is something that everyone can connect with. Yeah, and I'd like to thank PSA for recognizing it as a category and doing the job that they've done in it. Awesome. Encasing history. It's yep. fun. Yeah, thanks you, thank you again for taking the time. Uh, we hope to speak with you again and can't wait to see what more grails you. For sure. Because I'm just blown away right now. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, for Jack Archer, I'm Ryan Green. Thank you again to Darren Ravel. We will talk to you again next time here on the PSA Pod.